The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it's going down tonight, so check this out. I got my friends in studio, and I wanted to start making this um, this space where I bring in four different people. We could have guys, we could have girls, and we just unpack a bunch of questions. We've done this before, but as I've been touring, Sean, um, I've been talking to a lot of people that have just been, uh, they just said, man, when you guys are just sitting in the studio talking, having these conversations, and they, they said like when you and I are in, interacting, when we're normally taking questions, um, that they just, they encounter the Holy Spirit, just like when we're just talking about stuff. So I thought we should amp it up and bring some of our friends in, uh, you know, throughout the, uh, you know, shows throughout the year, bring in some guys, bring in some girls. So I figured we kick off um, this show with Wade O'Neill and uh, Scott Salmet. And I wanted to bring you guys in because you guys are all pastors here at Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar and in, in, in uh, California. And you guys have been working with my dad for, for many years. Scott, you've been, you've been on the show several times as well. You were my youth pastor, one of my youth pastors, but we, we just became friends and you've been in my life for a long time. And uh, Wade, you've been uh, working here as a teaching pastor as well, like the rest of you guys. And um, I think it's just important that people know that, uh, you know, that these questions, sometimes you don't get all your questions answered when you're on the stage because you're, you're Bible teaching, right? Mm-hmm. You're just going through the scriptures, breaking it down. But a lot of people have questions, um, like, you know, something as simple as like, why do I pray for Jesus? Or why do I pray to Jesus and not God the Father, right? Why would I pray to the Son and not the Father? Mm-hmm. You know, just simple questions like that <clears throat> um, that need to be broken down. And this, I believe it could truly advance your your uh, walk in faith because there's a lot of these little questions that you get hung up on because no one ever breaks them down mm-hmm. where they're at in the Scripture or how they even apply um, to life application, but then also how the Holy Spirit manifests some of these things in our life. So... That's what I want to do today is just start breaking uh, a lot of these questions down. If you guys uh, follow the Whosoever's Movement or myself or any of these guys, please feel free to uh, always send us questions whenever you want because we just add them um, to our list and then we'll just break them down as they come in. But we got some uh, good questions uh, that came in today or over the last 24 hours from a lot of you guys through social media on our Instagram and Facebook. So I'm going to just run through it. And uh, we're, we're going to just uh, get into it. So here we go. So what's, what's your perspective on the new One World Religion headquarters in New York? I don't know if you guys have seen that come up in the news recently. I haven't done too much homework. Wade, I know you read a little bit about it. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I, I keep hearing about it. I haven't done too much, like, in-depth um, research on it. But, like, what our perspective would be was yeah. it, it would be like everything else right now in these last two years where... Uh, we're living in everything's ramping up to to prepare for the antichrist exactly and so i think when we see these things it should i think in in one sense it it is is it's a bit uh, shocking and alarming um but it should also inspire us to 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 preach the gospel to go out and win souls for christ and to, to live for the lord right now because the the return of the lord is imminent um, you look at everything that's going on right now. It, it's the we literally day by day. You look at the news daily, and it's like the Bible is fulfilling itself right in front of our very eyes. So, uh, these are days of, for sure, you got to be discerning. Mm-hmm. You got to be wise as serpents, gentle as, as doves. But we should be encouraged because the Lord's coming. Right, right. 
Yeah, I mean, when I when I see this stuff happening, it just reminds me of like the Bible prophecy and everything that's mm-hmm. that's coming together. You know, we've been to how many concerts at the House of Blues mm-hmm. uh, growing up, and you remember when the House of Blues first launched? Yep, you've been there too, yep. Scott. And they have that coexist. Um, you know, everyone has the coexist uh, stickers, mm-hmm. but at the House of Blues, you had all the religions together, and I think it says like one world religion or something. That's all of them mm-hmm. together, and we know that that's been uh the the agenda of the antichrist movement and whole is to bring everyone together in a one world religion without without jesus so it's all conditioning these are the 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 birth pains of everything uh coming together and you start thinking about that world religion you're right it was the church it was um, yeah, so apparently there's supposed to be three buildings three one's, right. a, one's a mosque uh one's supposed to be like a synagogue and then the other's supposed to be like a like a church or for whether it's for uh, Catholicism or Christianity, good news is after the rapture we're not going to be here. So that it's just it's just interesting. I mean that's I think one of the um, kind of misconceptions that people have during the time of the the tribulation, those seven years, is that there's going to be no religious pursuit. But in fact, it's quite the opposite. The Jews are going to st- still be very about fulfilling, seeing the prophecies fulfilled about the rebuilding of the temple. Uh, the Muslims are still going to be on their agenda, mm-hmm. and you know the Catholic Church is still going to be pursuing yeah. their agenda. So we need to be right now to say that um, this is just kind of kind of all come out of nowhere. I think we're seeing right now like everything's ramping up for that, and you use the word conditioning. Um, it is conditioning. For sure. And so I think discernment right now is so important. Jesus al- always warned uh to be discerning, to, to discern the times that you're living in, to be watchful, to mm-hmm. be sober, to, to not be surprised when you're overtaken by these things. And one of the first, actually the first warning that Jesus gives in, this, in the Olivet Discourse about the end times is to beware lest anyone deceives you. Right. So deception's going to be rampant. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Well, interesting enough, though, it's like when you, we go to Israel, like what are the three sects of religion that are going on in Israel right now? Mm-hmm. It's the church, mm-hmm. the Christian church, Catholicism. Mm-hmm. You could put them together because that's kind of it's like Catholics and Christians. Yeah. You have the Muslims yeah. and, and then you have the Jews. Jews. Yeah, all three together mm-hmm. at, in in Israel. And how it impacts, how it comes to pass. Like this is the practical way all this comes to pass. Because if you you read the Bible or you you see like old movies and stuff, you see how so many things are influenced on end time stuff. Um, it's interesting, though, um, as Wade's talking, I can't help but think of the scripture where it says, uh, Satan will transform himself into an angel of light, which means that it will be perceived as something good, like coexist. It's perceived as something as good. Like in the 90s, it's like we're so divided. You know, we have all these different philosophies, but we all worship the same God and let's come together in this harmony. You know, and anybody that's against that is against unity. So they kind of paint one side wrong if you go too hard and like, um, there's only one way to salvation. Let, let coexist means we can have all of these different points of view, world religions, and we're all going in the same direction. I mean, so many people have been influenced by this, the New Age movement, people that are Christians that don't know their Bibles. Um, and as you think back in the Old, uh, not the Old Testament, the New Testament, but in the early church, Paul, when he goes to Athens, and there were all of these statues to the and and there was one to the unknown God. You've heard the story before. They were so superstitious that mm-hmm. they had gods for everything. They had thousands and thousands of mm-hmm. gods, and then they had one inscription to the unknown God, just in case they they offended a god that they didn't reverence. Then they would be right. And 
when we look at our culture today, even though everyone's like heavily offended, like very easy, there's also this this um, mode of people not wanting to offend in certain aspects. So it's in people's sexuality, it's in their religion, it's in their you know various things, and you could just see how everything's just kind of lining up right now. Well, people in the masses will be like, "Hey, that sounds like a good plan," mm-hmm. you know. Then they they'll get along, and that's where the antichrist will come in with a solution. Religion's a problem, you know. Government's the problem. Money's a problem. Here's a solution, and it's really going to fall in place. Simply as that. And the church is going to. The, the Christianity is the lines are going to be blurred. Like it's funny because you also read that on that church building or that Christian building, yeah. you, they're, they're not allowed to have a cross yeah. on it. So they already took the power away, Jesus, out of it. Yeah. But then also, like when, what I've noticed is when I'm um, in Hollywood, when I'm working out there, a lot of these um, actors or musicians or artists that are uh, in the Hollywood scene mm-hmm. per se. They're all about like spirituality. There's a lot of new age that's yep. new, they're like new age Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much new age stuff that's just entangled in 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 their their doctrine or yeah. whatever. Whoever their leader spiritual leaders are that are pouring into them, it's a lot of a new age. So it's not even the pure raw gospel. It's of, like a of Jesus it's like Christ. a fruit fruit salad sort of religion. Yes. You take a little bit of this, a little bit of that. They take Whatever. out the offense. Anything yeah. that's offending, yeah, exactly. like from the faith, is what they try yeah. to take out. Exactly. So, okay, Scott, I'm going to start this next question yeah. with you. So, how can I keep my faith in action at the gym? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Put duct tape on your eyeballs. <laughs> you know, is, that, is, that, is that what they refer to as yeah. uh, walk by blind faith? Yeah, by blind faith. Hey, that is a good question. That is a we've great all question. been in the gym. We've yeah. laughed about different things over, yeah. over the years. And You know what's funny is I, I, I make jokes <laughs> about this all the time. You, you have so many different characters in the gym, huh? Like we yes. talked about this. Bre- all the time. Break it down because I'm not a gym guy. <laughs> I'm not a gym guy. I got to tell go. the story about the towel off the, off air one day. Oh, okay. Okay, but, okay, so check this. So, so you have all these ca- crazy characters at the gym, right? We got, we got a lot of characters at the gym. But there, <laughs> there's these characters. Like you see these chicks walk in, you know, uh-huh. and they're they're working on their, you know, whatever. And then they spend more time taking selfies in the mirror. Are you serious? Oh, dude. They take selfies at the gym. Taking selfies, guys and girls, but girls mostly. Taking selfies in the gym, making little duck faces. And and they always have to get the right angle and suck it in and make sure they're looking good, you know, like that. And you see these people. Well, see, this is what's crazy. Yeah. I haven't been to the gym since the cell phone came out. Dang. Pager. He's like, when I went, they still had a dial-up on No, but I, no, seriously, that's a, that's a funny thought. You know, yeah. I skate yeah. and surf. So, yeah. but uh, since the cell phone came out, going to the gym, like in a gym environment, mm-hmm. like I can, with the selfie game, oh, oh man, I can cool. only imagine. So people are just doing that all yeah. day. All oh, day the selfie games, yeah. Yeah, it's strong. Time. Come on, tell them more stories, yeah. Scott. Uh, I so, I so now you take <laughs> selfies of yourself with duck ups and what else? <laughs> I don't. I just, I watch it and that's funny too because they sit there and they spend more time taking pictures of themselves than they do working out. But then they'll post it, and, and, and again, and it goes all back to that uh, that self uh, image. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's all about the image, and the Instagram and all that yeah. stuff. But anyway, so how do you keep your your composure? Well, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, how I do it, honestly, is I always have my earphones in. They're sound ca- sound canceling. They're awesome. I'm always listening to Chuck, or I'm always listening to worship constantly. Yeah. Um. I'll I'll burn through like uh, two or three hours of study in the morning or worship, and I don't even pay attention. Yeah, your eyes are there, but you know you're there for some other reason. And if you feel like 
you shouldn't be there, then get out, leave, you know, like get out of there, go, don't go there. If you, if you feel like that's going to be a stumbling block to you because people are there, think about what a gym is. The gym is there to, to work on the body, the external. Yeah. It doesn't highlight the internal. So what I like to do is balance it out while I'm doing my physical, I get my internal and my mentals right too. Mm. I get my mentals right before I go to the gym. And then when I'm there, I'm making sure that my spiritual is being fed. So the, the, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, it's not all about feed the flesh, feed the flesh, feed the flesh. Mm-hmm. Paul said, you know, bodily exercise profits a little, mm-hmm. but godliness, that profits, that's, that's the most profit. Mm-hmm. So we have to have a, bo- a balance. But I think it, it, when you're at the gym, your perspective has to be, I'm here, I'm here just representing Christ. And it doesn't matter who else is around me. Let me add a question to that. Because mm-hmm. what this yeah. guy's clearly... He's stumbling. <laughs> is yeah, he's, he's stumbling. He's, he's basically in a scenario yeah. where there's you know girls in uh, stretchy pants and, and tops, so small tops or whatever. Mm. They're, they're, I don't even know what they're called. Those gym gym Lululemon stuff. Um, and here they are in this environment, and he's having a hard time struggling. Now this mm-hmm. could be if you go to the beach, if you go be to, anywhere, you go to some pool, pool parties, yes, uh, anywhere where there's you know uh, anywhere anywhere where there's girls like that. Yeah. So that's like the mall. It's, it's a lust. It's a lust. It's a lust thing in general. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically, uh, how does one deal with lust? Right. Do you just At disappear and not go to the gym anymore? Yeah. Do you I mean, not I go to the beach? If you, if you were going to try to escape, you, the lust is in your heart. It's not in the gym. What's okay? firing that? What's what's creating that that fire of that lust? His lack of fellowship with God and his desire for the things of the world. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I mean, physical men, we're all men here. I think we can all speak here, even though we're on air, because we speak very frankly. Mm-hmm. We are men, and we are attracted to one particular thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's always going to be that's always going to be a draw for us. That's why we have beautiful wives that we take, you know, that take care of us, and we love them, and vice versa. But the temptation is always going to be for the eyes to want to wander or want to go there, you know? And 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 the enemy likes to uh, he likes to raise up that old dead man. And I know you got a dead man. You got a dead man. We all got dead men. And that guy tries to be... He's alive sometimes. He's alive sometimes. To put a bullet in his head every day, right? <laughs> Wrecking himself to be dead every day. You pull a John Wick on him, boom. Yeah. But, but the truth is, you, every day you wake up and you put him to death, right? Yes. And the more you feed that man, right, that dead man, the more he comes alive. So going to the gym, for some people, could feed it, especially if you're not in the right spirit. Going to the beach, going to the McDonald's. I mean, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter where. So it's not the issue of the gym. It is, is the issue of the heart. Like, what do you, if you're going to the gym and that's going to be stumbling, like, don't go to the gym. Go get some weights and work out in your in your house. But I have a feeling like if this person's asking this question, then he's got deeper issues, and it's not the gym itself. What is the What does the verse say in James? It talks about you know if if you it talks about sinning that if you um, for, when sin gives, for, gives birth that kind yeah of thing? it's like looking or is not gonna doesn't isn't sinful it's, it's doing it's yeah. taking action I can't think of the verse uh, yeah James, James one right? yeah but, we, yeah when you're not don't say when you're tempted you're tempted by God you are tempted when you're drawn away by your own evil desires and the, the, the yes. desires of your heart because our heart is wicked amen and like it's kind of saying like you know you want to make sure you're doing inventory in your own personal life for myself all I gotta do is take off my glasses because I can't see nothing <laughs> <laughs> that's the ticket that's the ticket that's the ticket I know that's how you do it. That's it. You just take off your glasses. That's the way you do it. Then yeah. you're cross-eyed. You know, but I, I, you know, you can't just live in a bubble. Obviously, you know, you don't want just like anything else. Like you have a problem with drinking. You know, you're not going to be hanging out at the bar all the time. Yeah. You want to be wise. You know, I going to the gym is a good thing. But the, we also know that there are times at the gym that are like the yeah. club. There are homie that mm-hmm. grew up with Chongo. Like mm-hmm. he always said. 
I, he loved working out, but he also thought that a gym should have a bar there too. So <laughs> in a disco ball. So he can, so could hang out. So they're like in that prime time, like in the late evening and stuff, there yeah. is that vibe. Yeah. Like, and if you feel that vibe, just like anything else, like yeah, bounce. That's true. Yeah. Bounce. The Bible says there's no temptation given to men. It's not common exactly. to men. And God will always give us a way of escape. Say, yeah. you know what? This time frame doesn't work for me. Yeah. I'm going to go in the morning. I'm going to do this yeah. and, and vice versa. And just kind of make sure that you have a balance of everything. I would think yeah. what Scott said is important. Like it is all that comes back to your devotion life. When you're praying, when you're seeking God, like in preparation to go to the gym and stuff like that, it's going to help you. And then, you know, just be disciplined, like in your mind. Like you just know your eyes are going to wander mm-hmm. whether you're at the gym or whether you're at in and out Do you Dude, know what I'm saying? This happens. Okay, look, I live in Orange County. You don't have to go to the gym. Exactly. You just go to the Sprouts Market or in and out or wherever, mm-hmm. and these these girls are in these outfits everywhere you go. Yeah. Um, it's a thing. So the bottom line is, like you were saying, if you're not literally in in the Word and you're not spirit filled and 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 yeah. praying and in relationship with God, you're gonna get tempted when you walk out your door. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's just being being connected. Yeah, and I think, you know, we know this goes vice versa, right? Especially in our in our culture today, there are girls that battle with lust in a big way, too. Like, girls battle with lust, girls battle with pornography, just like men as well. So, you know, it's a battle that we're all facing, and so you just got to— it's just like with everything in life, though, it, as far as if you want to walk with God, it's reckoning old man to be dead. I know my sinful nature is always going to want to be, or my flesh is never going to be satisfied. So I, I got to crucify it. And pr- crucifying it is going to be like, man, like, I'm not going to play with it. You know, you don't want to play with fire. You know, you don't want to put yourself in a place. And you know your heart. You do. You, you know when you're starting to, like, kind of, your mind's starting to wander. Mm. Maybe you're starting to fantasize a little bit more. You're allowing imagination oh, you know to take yeah. over it. Yes, you got yes. it. That's where it says, okay, dude, I'm going to stop. You know, I'm going to bounce today. I'm just thinking I'm going to go home or, or whatever. You just have to be sensitive to God's voice. That's what I'd say. Okay, mm-hmm. next question from Phil in Australia. Sean McKeon, how are you so fine? I don't know. It's, <laughs> that's I, that's a true question. Look. It's, it's the lighting. <laughs> I did add you. <laughs> All right. How are you no, so fine? but now let's just say back to that original question that yeah. you were talking about how you were encouraging the guy that's not you know filled the spirit he's just kind of walking away and he's having a problem with lust so someone um uh low-key joey sent another question says how can i get back on track with the lord after i've hardened my heart due to sin mm-hmm. so this is a good question whether it's lust or whatever yeah who wants to unpack this one i'll, I'll start because i love that Do i love it. that because i think we've all been there you know um jesus talked a little bit when he's talking to the um spiritual like Pharisees about the old wineskin thing. And there's some truth to that thing about pouring new wine in old wineskin, you know. Um, the wineskins, as we know, like if you soften them and you soak them in the water, you can use them again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Joey needs to soften his heart again. He needs to like, like the Bible says washing with the washing in the water of the word, right? He needs to literally go before the Lord, toss out the garbage and just say, okay, God, I've stained my mind, I've stained my heart, stained my life, whatever. I'm drawing near, I'm drawing near. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That, that's a promise. You draw near to God and he will draw near to you, right? Mm-hmm. So as you go before the Lord in brokenness and humility, you say, God, this is my hang-up, this is my issue, I want it gone. I'm surrendering it to you. Like, I'm making every effort I can. And guess what? God will meet you there, just like we talked about. Like, God will meet you there. He will, he will minister to you in your weaknesses. He will give you strength day by day. It's not like he's going to give you to a, a, a verse today that's going to get you through, you know, every you're, every yeah. day you got to go by. You know, yes, mm-hmm. you could go back to the word every day, but you have to go to him every day. And so I think he, he needs to, to learn to get back to 
to the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy of God and move past his, his, his trip, so to speak. You know what I mean? And, and, and to do that, it, obviously mm -hmm. it all comes down to repentance and mm, it's getting absolutely. rid of it. If, if you want to hear, if you want to get close to God and you want him to come to you and you want to be able to hear his voice or, or get something out of reading the word of God, you got to do inventory in your life and you got to clean house. Mm -hmm. You got to get rid of the junk that um, has led you away from him. Get those things out of your life. Mm -hmm. Clean house, if you will. And then, like Scott said, get plugged in, start reading, start praying, and then God will start speaking to you. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, you know, they're like, man, I'm trying to walk with God. He's not speaking to me. And then I'm like, Are you do you read your Bible? You know, how many times have you heard this? Do you read your Bible? No. Do you go to church? No. Well, how do you think you're going to hear God? How do you expect any transformation in your life or God to uh, speak to you if you're not even, like, making an effort to even hear his voice? Mm. Yeah. You know, you know, it's very easy to get a, a hard heart, and it really can happen over time. Sometimes it's through discouragement, right, Wayne? Like yeah, yeah. You go through discouragement, something doesn't work out for you, a broken relationship, you lose your job, you start, you start complaining about all the things that you don't have, you don't see God moving in your life as you desire Him to move, and therefore you're the one that kind of starts drifting from, from trusting in God. And then after time, the heart just gets hardened to receive. But there's always, God says he'll give you a new heart. Like what, what mm -hmm. you said, Ryan, it is repentance, it's brokenness. Um, and that's why the Bible continues to tell us to take examination of, of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Life gets difficult, man. I think all of us can attest to that. You can have frustrating weeks, months, and you're just like, dude, I'm like, I'm stressing right now. And the enemy, that's where the enemy wants to overtake you. Mm -hmm. And the problem is a lot of people believe the lie and they believe the condemnation and they just keep themselves far away from God. Uh, but healing t comes place where there's humbleness and brokenness. I, months ago, when I, I've been talking about it, my kill the noise message, when I went through that really gnarly hard time in my life, if I was getting hit from every angle possible in life, and if I w stopped reading and praying in the morning, I would have just drifted away just listening to the lies of the, of the enemy. And then that would have led to hard heart. That would have led to bitterness. That would have led to anger. I mean, I was already fighting all that stuff, but the only thing that kept me on track was continuing to read what the Bible said about me, even though life wasn't pleasant a lot. Mm -hmm. I just knew, like, these are his promises, and he would speak. He was speaking to me. Like, I listened to Bible studies on the K-Wave app, mm -hmm. and, like, those pastors, I mean, it could be from, like, Rick Warren to that old guy, McGee. Is that his name, McGee? Yeah. Um, who else is in there? Like, Skip Isaac, Broders. There's all these different guys that were on there in the morning. I forget that whole early crew. Greg Laurie is one of them, and God was using those guys to speak and to give me that. Like you were saying, it wasn't that verse for like my life. It was yeah. like the verse of the day, basically. Yeah. And he was getting that fresh manna, like the Israelites. That's it. Every day he kept giving me that fresh manna, and I would grip mm -hmm. on to that verse or that message or 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 that lyric in that song because God speaks through music as well. Those those lyrics, mm. and every single day. God got me through to the next day and it was a gnarly season. Mm -hmm. But if I wouldn't have done those, th if I wouldn't have stayed plugged in to reading and praying and I, uh, it wasn't like, I was like, you know, I wasn't getting this an emotional, like, Oh man, I feel great now. It wasn't like <laughs> that. It was just more like, okay, I heard that. That makes sense. And I'm gonna hold on to it. But because I held on to it, that got me through. But what happens is when you disconnect, this is what happens to everyone. And you guys know the illustration so many times, you know, you hear about, the people that, um, or what is it, like the sheep, you see all the sheep, and then the, the wolf comes in and he looks for the straggler that's mm -hmm. isolated by himself, that's uh, out of the pack. 
when you're not around people and you're not in, in fellowship and in the word and reading and praying and you're not hearing God's voice, you become isolated. You're the weak one in the pack and the wolf, Satan, will come mm. to kill and destroy you. And that's how I survived. And I would suggest to everyone, like, you have to get your mana for today or else you won't survive. Mm-hmm. So I agree. One of the other, okay, now leading to that, one of the other questions was, um, it was about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What does it say? It says, how does one have the Holy Spirit dwell inside of them? Hmm. How does it happen? What's the transaction that happens so that you know that you know that you have the Holy Spirit? I think yeah, there's three works of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. When you give your life to Jesus and you surrender yourself to him, and you believe the gospel, you repent, and you're saved, you're also filled with the Spirit. You are, the Spirit dwells within you. He, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that He is the, the guaranteed, mm-hmm. the guarantee of the purchased possession. And so you are sealed with the Spirit of God. He, he's, he's, he's filled you. He makes His home in you. He uh, convicts you of sin, of righteousness and judgment. When you want to do something bad and you or sinful or go left and you have a check in your heart that you shouldn't do that. that that's the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Sometimes we you talk to young believers and say, I don't I don't really think I'm filled with the Spirit and being filled with being being filled with the Spirit is something you receive at the at the point of salvation. You, you, the Lord makes his home within you. Um, but I think what a lot, some people lack is an understanding of the the upon experience where they are empowered with the Holy Spirit, right? In John chapter 20, Jesus breathed on the disciples. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. In Acts chapter um, 1, they were waiting uh, for the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. To, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you to give you, to give you power over sin, uh, to give you and, and give you the gifts that you need to serve him in, within the ministry that the Lord has called you to. So how mm-hmm. can you know? I mean, I, I think so many people have had so many different experiences. When I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, I, I just, I had a very real encounter. I was baptized with the Spirit. I received the gift of tongues. I, I needed what happened? Like, did you, was it? Did you feel anything, or did you well, start I was, speaking I was in tongues? I was in a really broken time in my life, and uh-huh. so kind of going back to the last question that you had, I, w- I was. Sometimes we think we'll just seek the Lord, and the Lord will speak, and the Lord will meet. But the Bible says we need to seek Him with all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I was aware at that season of my life, I was aware I had been taught about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was aware of my own inability. I was aware of my own frailty, like mentally, physically, emotionally. And I knew that I could do, I could do nothing apart from the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so I, I, I think I heard your dad teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit on a Sunday morning. I went home and I'm like, if that's real, I want it. And I received it in my room on mm-hmm. like, a Saturday afternoon by myself, yeah. just on my face before the Lord broke him. But I've also I've heard stories of guys who are pastors now who, when, when they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they say, you may feel something, you may feel nothing. But as you believe in salvation by faith, you need to believe that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God received by faith. He said, I walked away like feeling nothing, but I also, the next day, I loved people in a way I've never loved people before. Hmm. Which is the evidence of the of the greatest evidence of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, right? because you don't just walk around like wanting to love people. No, it has oh, yeah. to be like a supernatural yeah, it's work, a super, right? And yeah. that's what that's what Corinthians says. That you could have the, the prophecy will fail, gift of tongues will cease, but he who has love, like your gifts, mean nothing if they're not operating in love. 
So he, he walked away loving people in a way that he has never loved people before. So um, one baptism, many fillings, right? Ephesians chapter 5 says that we are not to be drunk with wine, but we are to be filled, continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how can you know that you've received it? Ask and believe and, and continue to, to, to be filled. I mean, if you, I think we are, con- we are encouraged through Scripture to seek the gifts of the Spirit. If you have a desire, for me, I can't say this for for you guys, for anybody else, and I'm not making doctrine on this, but there's never been a gift that the Lord has put on my heart to pray for, spiritual gift to pray for that I haven't received. Um, how does, what, what does this Bible say? Because, I mean, when you're reading, when you're reading in Acts, it talks mm-hmm. about the apostles going, they're laying hands on people mm-hmm. and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's also the laying on of hands mm-hmm. That it talks about, um, so you could just receive the Holy Spirit, yeah, or I mean, or someone could lay their hands on you, and you could. Yeah, receive there, it. there's. T- it's varied. It's mm-hmm. varied. Yeah, there's yeah. there's times I think like just encourage people yeah, like go yeah. have the pastors lay their hands on you. Yeah, there's times there's times here where people come up for prayer. We'll have afterglow services, and you know we pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But um, what's amazing to me is like just like there's only one mediator between God and man. Like you don't need to go through man. You if you're listening to this right now. Yep. You're alone in your room. Get on your face and ask the Lord. Lord, baptize. I need your power in my life to overcome sin. All right. We're going to hold that because we're going to be going to break here in a minute. Um, Go to thewhosoevers.com and uh, contact us. We're booking tours. We're touring all over the United States. Um, We are doing mega tours. Uh, I've had and Sonny out with me, and then I have the other ambassadors as well. We're doing churches. We're hitting skate parks. Um, conferences, concerts, music festivals, wherever people are, we are bringing the gospel. You can also get my book that's out, Kill the Noise, uh, Finding Meaning Above the Madness. It's on Amazon, uh, Apple Books, uh, Barnes & Nobles, everywhere. You, uh, you can buy books. You can get them. Get one for your friends and family. Prodigals. This book is great for prodigals, and I wrote it for people that hate to read. Scoop it up. Buy a bunch. Get them out. We'll talk to you in two minutes after the break. More. Of the Ryan Reese Show. Coming up, post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Now, back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. All right, so right before the break, we were talking about the effects of the Holy Spirit, the baptism or the upon experience or the filling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, basically directing to that that point in the scripture or in Acts 1-8 when Jesus says uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's that effect because we we believe that there's the in, with, and upon mm-hmm. experience, the three experiences. So let's just pick it back up. I got Sean McKean in studio, Wade O'Neill and Scott Salmet. Wade, you were, uh, you, were, you were talking about the effects of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that at the break you were talking, you wanted to discuss... Yeah, Billy I, think, Graham. I think it's important to kind sure. of discuss this a little bit, especially the days that we're living in. Yeah. Obviously, Jesus in his foreknowledge knew that the disciples were going to go uh, and face an incredible amount of persecution. There's going to be an incredible amount of opposition. And a lot of people read the book of Acts and like, man, we need that today. We yeah. need to experience this revival. And the, yeah, it's true. That's the only hope for America. Um, at all is and that's the only hope for the church moving forward is an outpouring of the Holy Amen. Spirit. But uh, what what was also a theme in the book of Acts is a tremendous amount of persecution. It was consistent. And so the Lord told them, go and wait. 
go and wait. And sometimes we want to rush into to the will of God or into the ministry the Lord has given us apart from being <clears throat> empowered by the Holy Spirit. And that's what he said. Go, wait. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Um, that word literally means martyrs. You're going to die for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so... Oh, obviously, they were baptized of the Holy Spirit, spoken tongues. Is the gift of tongues a sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No, we don't believe so. Um, but we were talking off air a little bit about how ignorant people are of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of times when people, when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, we just want to start thinking about gifts and signs and wonders and all those things will follow. However, like he's a person. That means he has a will, he has a mind, and he has emotions. Amen. So we can grieve the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we say, "Why, why aren't, why aren't we, why aren't we experiencing the Holy Spirit in our life?" Well, there's something in your life that is grieving the Holy Spirit. We were talking about what before <coughs> we walked, we came back on of what, like what precedes this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's a surrendered life, a fully surrendered life. Um, uh, I want to jump in here really quick yeah. to, to even simplify it a little bit more. So, if the person of the Holy Spirit, when you give your life to mm-hmm. Christ. You have the person of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. inside of you. Mm-hmm. Now, and Jesus says, I do whatever the Father Hell does. So the Father, Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. When we believe, he sends the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. Now, as you have the Holy Spirit in you, if you want him to manifest and to operate in your life, it's in, it's in full surrender. It's in getting rid of a lot of the sin and stuff that's in your life and being connected mm-hmm. To God the Father in heaven and Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So we're connected there. But sin is what breaks up the signal. Mm-hmm. It's what destroys the connection. So if you're like, I want the Holy Spirit to work. I want God to manifest in our life. But if we're clouding the signal mm-hmm. and the connection to the God the Father, that's through sin, that is quenching the yeah, Holy it's Spirit. Grieving, yeah. It's grieving the Holy Spirit. It's not allowing for the power to operate. It's like getting your cell phone and having the connection cord, but it's like you have a cord that has like a short in it. It's just getting a little bits of power here and there, and you never get that full power source for the phone or your whatever you're plugging your cameras to operate in full power. And you're going, why, why? Well, the things that breaks it is sin. And that's what you're saying. In full surrender. What is full surrender? It's being surrendered to God and saying, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and make a habit of sinning, but when I do, I'm going to repent, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, He's going to help me transform and get rid of that stuff. Mm. So that's that's the one thing that clouds and breaks up. Mm. Uh, because like, I talked about this the other day at, at one of my Kill the Noise messages. said so a lot of you guys like, I want to be used by God. When you say used by God, you want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit, and you want Him to manifest mm. in your life. But... How can God use you? Timothy in Second Timothy talks about we're vessels. Mm-hmm. There's vessels of uh, for uh, gold and silver for honorable use, mm-hmm. and then there's some used of wood and clay for everyday use. Well, we know that in the king's quarters, the clay vessels were made for uh, sewage water to mm-hmm. take out poop and pee. I have kids. We all have kids here. We know what poop yeah. and pee and diapers look like, right? Mm-hmm. So some of us are vessels of poop and pee because we're putting this garbage in, and then we're like, God. Use me. Imagine like a glass of water with sewage water. And you're like, God, why aren't you using me? Because you're putting garbage into you day and night. And then you're saying, God, use you. How can God use a vessel of sewage water? Yeah. You know, you you touch on the thing of the the vessel, which is super important. Because if you go back to the Old Testament, whenever you went into the temple, those vessels were what we would call consecrated. 
Right. They're, What's they're consecrated? Consecrated mean? means set apart. Like in other words, th- that vi- that 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 vase right there of brass or gold, they might have another one. That one you use in your house. This one's set apart for the work of God. Right. So whenever they would have a consecrated vessel, mm-hmm. it had to be washed and ceremonially cleansed and anointed with oil. Right. So that's symbolic of our lives too. If we want right, to be used right. by God, we need to be set apart. Like a, like you said, you know, you said it earlier. You said, when you become the when you become a Christian, you want to be used by God. People are like, how do I get used by God? You know, and you said, well, you got to get rid of some of the crap in your life, and it's right. true, right. but it's true. We're never going to be sinless, right? You know, right. and not until we go to heaven. But we, when you become a Christian, you do sin less. You do yeah. sin less because yeah. that's our practice. Our practice is because when we were in the world, we did whatever we wanted to do without no any reservation, right? Yeah. But as a Christian, you're like, now you have that hesitation and you have that, that leading of the Holy Spirit that sh- begins to show you, hey, hey stop, don't go that and way. And that's the person of the Holy Spirit going, he's giving those stop yes, signs. Exactly no, it. don't, don't, don't. You know, and, yeah. and, and going back to the person that yeah. you were talking about, and he, and he says the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus himself said, hey, when I leave you, and don't get, don't get sad because I'm going to leave you, I'm not going to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. When I leave, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he, he calls him he, he's a person. We'll show you all things. He, he's going to be with you. He's going to be upon you. He's going to work in you. He's going to reveal all things. He's going to convict the world of sin. I mean, all of the above. He's a per- And he has been current working until the time. He has been ever since the beginning. Right. Since Jesus left and he is continuing to work. And only until, as we know the Bible says in Thessalonians, when he, the protector, is kind of taken away. When, right. when the rapture of the church takes place, then the Holy Spirit will not be going. His focus will turn towards the the, the, the Jews, mm-hmm. and the Gentile. The age of the Gentiles is gone. We're done. Right. We're in heaven prayerfully, and 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 the rapture is taking place. But until that time, we have twenty one gifts of the Spirit. Most yeah, people are not aware of any of them, and all these gifts are the moment you receive Jesus Christ and you make the decision. I want to I want to consecrate myself to the Lord. I really feel like, and I remember you saying it. I remember him saying. I remember him being here. I remember you being here. Uh, when you guys came and said, God's got something. I don't know what it is. I don't know what God's doing. He's doing something crazy. That was that time of you guys saying, okay, I'm consecrating. I, I know God's doing something. I don't know what it is. I'm going to sit. I'm going to wait. Yeah. And the, the more you sat, the more you waited, the more you separated yourself unto God to hear his voice, then the Holy Spirit started going, okay, here's what I got. Right. One by one, you start throwing gifts. And then you started exercising those gifts by faith. I'm going to share with my friends. As you share, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You feel that tingling, that fire. You're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you know you're just in this groove and you're doing things that you never were able to do before. That's the gifting of the Holy Spirit. Right. It's not something that you, that you <clears throat> possess when you're born, like the gift to play music. Right. That's a talent. Right. Your gifts are only given by the Holy Spirit, and they are for work to do ministry, to minister and to equip and to prepare the saints for the work of the ministry. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what He does. For us, for godly living... And for equipping for uh, equipping other people and teaching other people. I like people what as well. you said about being mm. set apart. Like mm. Sean, when you when you gave your life to Christ, you came to the church yeah. and to be set apart. Like, what did that look like? Because I wasn't a Christian at that time, but I remember you came over. You were doing some work at my house, and yeah. I went and stayed the night at your brother's house because I think we went out to do something for one night. But you were there. But you were set apart. You were like, <laughs> like going through the Bible studies, yeah. reading. You were you weren't out. We didn't go out with me and your brother to go party. Mm-hmm. You were at home and you were like actually studying and reading and just you were setting yourself set yourself apart to see what God wanted to do in your life. There's, you know, like, a, there's like a process, like a it, training it, process. It, it's a process and sometimes it's not always pleasant. It's not always easy. You know, like Scott said, mm-hmm. you're not going to be alone. The Holy Spirit is going to help you through the process. So it's like we grew up, like Ryan, you've heard Ryan's story. Like I grew up with him through high school and through our 20s. Like... We lived like pirates, so it was a party life all the time. And 
not only like that crew that Ryan's talking about, they were like not more, they're not just friends, they're like brothers. And it was the only family like I really knew other than my close family. Um, love the guys, still do to this day. But I knew that hanging out with the guys and, and drinking leads to go and get cocaine, getting high on methamphetamines that I was battling with uh, prior to coming to the Lord, that um, I had to make a conscious effort. It's going back to the gym thing. Like, like I could go hang out with the guys like if it's on my terms. I can go have lunch with them. They're having a reunion mm. at, at a buddy's house. I can go hang out for a little bit. But once it starts getting to the area where everyone's starting to get drunk, they're saying crazy stuff, they're wanting me, you, you know, and you mm. only, you know in your heart too, like, I could go down this path. You know, that's why the Bible says, take heed to yourself. You think you don't have a problem, you won't fall? You're stupid. Mm. Like, it, it can happen. And so whenever I would get that sense in my heart, like, I would bounce. Yeah. Like, there was a chick back in the day that, like, that was smoking hot, and then, like, at this party reunion, I'm walking with God. All of a sudden, she's coming on to me like crazy. I'm like, this would have never happened back in the world, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then no, I sick. get in my car and, and I bounce. Where am I, the gym? Never yeah. <laughs> I would have moments, dude, seriously, at that time when you're saying set apart, where yeah. it's like, I wanted to go out with the guys. I wanted to go meet up with them. I fled because I'm just who I am, even though there's new work that God's doing in my life. But you also go through a. Th I was the only one walking with God at that time. And. You know, um, I'd go home, I'd read, listen to, to a Bible study, and just sometimes playing worship music or listening to Chuck before I went to bed to help with my thoughts. You know, I have an old, old girlfriend that would come knock on my window at night sometimes. I'm telling you, like, I had all of those things. Um, that might have been but Ryan. It, but it wasn't, maybe. <laughs> it was me. It was Ryan. I had long hair. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's a process, and people go through it. Like, I get it. I understand. It's not easy, but you have to see the full picture. And you know what? This is my own conviction in my heart. It's like... Dude, I love my homies so much. Like, I believe what God's doing in my life is real. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I'm going to have an impact on them is me just being consistent. I will make more of an impact on their life if I just stay consistent. And over the years, I've seen a lot of them. Obviously, you came to the Lord years later. But there's other guys, I don't want to say all their names, that have showed up in my office as years gone by, like, stressed out, crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, even though they even wanted me to go back and hang out and go to the mm -hmm. bars or whatever— they would, they'd come in the midweek, hey, calling me in the middle of the night. Like, So the steps that I was doing was the right way. Mm. And like, my, I was over, you know, I didn't want to be cattle in the same. I was starting to get over it. You two were in, like, you're drinking, you're getting hammered throughout the weekend. You wake up Monday morning, dude, I got to change. Like, after a while, like, it just gets old, you know, and it's very easy to just continue to stay in that mold. But it all goes back. It's not just the addiction. It's not just the drugs. It's not just the girls. It's the big things like, why am I here? Hmm. What am I created yeah. for? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to live forever. And then when you really start discovering that, this goes when, back to like the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. When you see God using your life, everything else pales in comparison to it. Amen. You know, when you look at the early church and uh, with the book of Acts, you know, Wade, you were talking about when persecution happened. But why? Because when persecution happens, when you're going through a testing in your life, you are more dependent upon God. And that's why when Peter and John were arrested one of the times in chapter 4, they didn't back down. What did they do? They, they, they had said that they prayed, Lord, give us more boldness that we might be able to preach God's word. And then the Holy Spirit fell, the place was shooken, mm -hmm. and they continued to do ministry. Mm -hmm. And so, Ryan, when you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, not only would it help you in the, the temptations that you're battling with, um, but more so is like 
a bigger picture of like God's gonna work in my life. Do I really want to throw it away and just go with the guys and just go in the mode like anything else? Because I know those guys are hurting too. Mm-hmm. I've been with them. I've been in waking, you know, being up for two nights in a row and waking up with the sun coming up, strung out on meth or whatever. Like, that's not the answer. Isn't there? Yeah. And so I, I can't allow myself to just kind of go with the flow. I gotta walk the straight and narrow. I think mm-hmm. that this is as you're talking. I'm like reflecting back to this time when mm-hmm. I wanted to be set apart yeah or when i tried to set set myself apart to see what god wanted to do and it was i think this is a a big season for a lot of people that uh, many people fail Mm -hmm. because they get discouraged Mm -hmm. i mean how many people have we known that have given their life to christ and in this season Mm -hmm. it's like transferring from dark to light basically it's that it's that whole lifestyle change the reprogramming it's a it's a major uh chapter change in your life a process and it's a very lame season when you when you look at it from the the the, the flesh man or like mm-hmm. the the natural man. Yeah. Because you're like, you know, like I remember there were, Iron Maiden was playing at Irvine uh, Amphitheater, mm-hmm. and my friends are like, "Hey, Iron Maiden tonight." That's right when they came back, you know. And they're yeah. like, "We're going," and I'm like, "Why am I not going? Why am I sitting here in my house? I'm ten minutes from Irvine Amphitheater. I got tickets. Why am I sitting here?" In my on my couch on a Saturday night when everyone's going to Iron Maiden at <laughs> Amphitheater, right? Mm-hmm. Like, am I stupid? There were a bunch of girls. Well, I decided, you know what? I want to do what's right. I want to see what God has for me. So I'm gonna stay home and I'm gonna continue going through the Chuck Smith CDs mm-hmm. and I'm gonna read the Bible. And it's dude, like when you compare the two, it's like night and day difference. Mm-hmm. It's it. You know, if I could be blunt, it doesn't make no sense. <laughs> yeah. No. Nat- naturally, it does not. Naturally. It does not. But, and even like the fact that I wouldn't even go out to a lot of different places, when I was making that transition, that break, people, a lot of our friends probably thought we were weirdos or yeah. stupid or like, mm-hmm. what's wrong with these guys? Are they religious now? Like, who knows? Like, in the back of their mind, oh, what yeah. they thought. Yeah. yeah. You know, never say it to my face because I'll punch him in the face. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but my friend they, said I was having a psychotic break. Well, no, yeah. it was really crazy when yeah. you really think about like, what? They're, they're not going out. They're not, uh, they don't like girls. Are they gay? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What's going on? Like yeah. Yeah. this whole Christian thing. Right. But um, but what we've seen is by separating, you'd be by being set apart and sticking to it. Once they see that transition and that you stick to it and you're doing that, now you got credibility. You got you got street credit basically, mm-hmm. like in that camp now because you said you were gonna do something, you had an encounter with God, you stuck to it, but now you got street credit. You didn't bounce back to like, oh, you know, I, like, I, you know, a week later I'm going back out. Like that, that's a big thing. It is to get street credit with your friend. If not, then you look like a poser, and they're like, oh. We knew you couldn't do this whole thing. Like, my friends are still shocked that I'm still, like, sober. You know, they don't understand the the supernatural work of the spirit. But, man, I can't believe it. 13 years you've been sober. I'm like, I haven't even, like, looked back, honestly. I don't count the days I'm sober. You know what I mean? I'm like, I count the days. Man, I've been a Christian living this new life. I've been walking with God for 13 years. This is insane. Isn't that crazy? That, that's, that's the miracle. But, yeah. but, but it's yeah. a, but it's, it's, I think I want to, I want to drill in on this though. It's important for that. What was the word for it? To be set apart. That's that, yeah. that content, cr- content, what's it called? Consecrated. Consecrated. Yeah. 
to God. That is a very important season in many new Christians that they fail. It's a lonely mm-hmm. season. It's it lonely. And people, it totally yes, really, it's lonely. You really struggle and you're really forced to deal with yourself and your yes. issues and your brokenness and mm-hmm. just being like jacked up, man. I remember like I, I was just, I just got hit up from one of my roommates in college and one of the houses we used to stinking rage at is just got bought by a ministry and they're turning it into a ministry home oh man so for student athletes right yeah. so he goes isn't this crazy and i was just thinking back at that time like dude i just dipped out and i was in a dark place and it was like really lonely during that time in my life i remember playing alabama that year hundred thousand people literally two months later i'm back at my parents house everything is falling apart around me but in that time, that's where the Lord met me. And that lay, I think that laid the foundation. If you, if you will go through this time with the Lord, this like sanctified loneliness, if you will go through this time with the Lord, it will solidify your faith in every challenge sure. you go through, whether it's, in, whether it's in a marriage or your family or whatever. Um, so you got to go through it with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You got to let the Lord meet you in that time. Or else you're you're missing out on on what the Lord really has in store for you. It's 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 crucial. So let's let's talk about the. So you go through this process. I just want to continue kind of down this 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 route that we're going. So when you go through this process and God starts consecrate, uh, you you consecrate yourself to the Lord. He starts uh, removing this stuff out of your life. As you're reading the Bible, you're going from Genesis to Revelations. God is giving you all these stories of these imperfect men and women, how God uses them. And he starts, uh, you start reading these stories and it applies to things in your life. And as you read the Bible, if you want to be used by God, as you know the word of God, these are going to be the stories and these are going to be the scriptures that the Holy Spirit is going to be able to pull out of you when you're going, when you're doing ministry and the gifts start operating. Break down, Scott, break down the difference between the gifts and the talents. Yeah. Like you're born with talents, but you're not born with the gifts of exactly. the spirit. Exactly. So that, how does how do those two operate yeah. in one's life? That, that's a great question because a lot of people hit me up. Like oh, you'll have people say, "Oh, do I want to get involved in ministry because I can play music or I can do this and I'm really good at speaking and I'm funny and I can draw a crowd." And yes. I'm like, dude, that that's great. And those are the people you want to stay away from at the moment, you know, because like until they are empowered by the Holy Spirit, surrendered to the will of God. All of their, I've heard people say this, like, I have all these killer talents to bring to the table. Well, God doesn't yeah. need your talents. You're, you're yeah. filthy rags, right? right? All our works, all our worth is as filthy rags. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not until you're emptied. And, and that was the other process of that, those vessels in the, in the, uh, the temple. They, they could have been used for something else, but they were created. They were cleansed. They were washed. They were emptied. Right. so that they could be filled up again. And, and when a person comes to them and says, God, I've got all these things that I, I think would be great for you. Yeah, God could use those later, but after he deals with the heart and the issue. So the consecration part and the Holy Spirit coming upon you is like, you have these gifts. And the Bible says that these gifts are given to us for the work of ministry, mm-hmm. okay, for the equipping of the saints. Basically equipping, imagine when I, use, when I think of equipping, I tell the high school kids all the time, Batman is just a dude who's really smart and really rich. But without his bat belt and all of his cool gadgets, he's just a dork in a suit, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how we are. Without, yeah. the, without the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we're just acting Christians. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Right. He hit on it hard. We live in crazy times. Wade said it. We, we live in crazy times, and there was never a time that we need the empowering and the gifting of the Holy Spirit as we do today. It, we're we're going to face persecution like he's talked about. Mm-hmm. We're going to face it. We're already going through certain amounts of it. 
the Holy Spirit enables us to do the work of God, the divine work in human beings, and it's impossible in our human nature. Right. We need the empowering of God to do it. And so if we are human beings, basically earthen vessel chosen by God to do divine things, we must have divine empowering. Right. And that is what the 21 gifts of the Spirit are. And they, they, they're all different. And nobody's given one gift. The Bible even says that he gives them all liberally. He gives them generously. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll just look at Sean. When Sean first came to the church, I, I saw even before he spoke a word of, the, of, of teaching or whatever, I saw he had a hunger for God. He had a humble heart. I saw he was super organized, right? I just saw that from the beginning. When he taught in the high school ministry, I, I instantly know this guy can teach. Mm-hmm. When I heard you teach, I'm like, this guy can teach. This guy can share. He's got an evangelistic gift. I heard him teach. And it, you just know certain people have gifts. And so if you know they have the gift of teaching, you know there's a bunch of other gifts that are going to go along with it. For instance, remember your dad always tells a story about when he first started the church, everyone's like, oh, Raul, you're an amazing evangelist, right? Mm-hmm. And so people in his church, his church was basically divided. He told about a little bit about it, is they wanted him to be an evangelist and they wanted someone else to be the pastor of the church, right? Mm. And he went to Chuck and said, hey, Chuck, they want me to go do, you know, travel and do this. He says, no, you stick to teaching the word. God will give you the gift. He already had it. Mm-hmm. Within the gift of teaching, you automatically exercise the gift of evangelism because as you're preaching the word, people are going to get saved because the Holy Spirit right. speaks through the word. Right. And they're like, dude. You don't have to be like, and I know what you're doing. You don't have to do that. You're teaching the word, and they get convicted by you. You're like, dang, and they come to the front. That's effective evangelism. Right. So you're using the gift of teaching, the gift of exhortation. You're giving the gift of evangelism, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. All those things are blended into that one particular calling. Now, you might be an usher. You might be just, I just want to come and talk to kids, you know, whatever. To talk to kids, A, you have to have a love. And, and you know, you know that I hated high school kids. I hated camp. You did too. It's yeah. like, oh, I just want to party. I don't want to. Yeah. When God calls you to it, it's like it's something that's like a magnet. You cannot not do it. It's something like, like Paul says, woe am I if I don't preach the gospel? I feel that. If I'm not preaching, if I'm not prayer, preparing to preach, if I'm not studying and, and filling myself and, and thinking of new ways to bring about a concept and how to try to relate that to people, I'm a useless vessel because mm-hmm. that's what God created me for. And I, I, I always think about that. Woe is me. And Paul says, woe is me, I don't preach the gospel. All these gifts that are given are for other people. And, and this is something that everybody understands. People think that ministers are the ones behind the pulpit. No. He says, when Jesus said, I will, when the Holy Spirit falls, I will call you to be disciples. You go to, go to make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. He's calling everybody. Yeah. Everybody's called to be, a, to, uh, to be a, an apostle and a disciple. But the thing is, they think only the people behind the pulpit. Well, every Christian is giving gifts. The Great Commission, yeah. The Great Commission means it's for everybody. So, yeah, add that. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I was just going to, I was thinking about the uh, receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, oh, shoot, we're yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's wrapping Dang. up quick. All right, I wanted to say this really quick. Mm. I remember thinking, oh, man, I, I want to get all the gifts. So I did every study on all the gifts. I, I listened to the Bible studies. I read the books. I did all this stuff, and I thought, Okay, now I'm ready. I'm ready for all the gifts, God. Mm-hmm. And there was like no action. <laughs> and finally, I was like, forget it. I'm just going to go back to studying Revelations. And then, boom, God started moving in, in different gifts in my mm-hmm. life because he gives it the way he wants to. Exactly. You can't earn it on your own merit. You know what I mean? You can't just because you studied it all doesn't mean you're going to get it. It's hey, before we leave, tell them how to pray and receive those gifts. There's people that are out there going, how do I do it? How do I get that? You have not because you asked not. Just Amen. pray and say, God. Give me the gift study to know what they are so when they manifest, mm-hmm. you know what happens. But he'll give them to you. Just pray for them, then he'll give them to you in his timing. Amen. It's that simple. 
All right, guys, thank you for being on the show. Uh, this is the end. Go to thewhosoever.com. Uh, book us. We want to come on tour. Get the Kill the Noise book. Get it to your friends, family. It's a discipleship book. It will transform your life, and it will uh, grow your faith. And that's pretty much it. So I guess we'll just uh, connect next week, and we'll get the party going next Saturday night. Sounds All right, good. guys. Peace. peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show.